Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone, welcome back. Episode number 196 with Natalie West. How are you today, Natalie? I'm amazing. Thank you, Dale. Now, we're both in Melbourne, and this is fantastic. We're just talking about the lovely, delicious sunshine. How nice is it? Oh, my gosh. I woke up this morning, and I'm like, wow. And I went outside with my big Katmandu jacket on, and I'm like, hold on. I actually don't think I need this this morning. It was amazing. <laughs> do you think Katmandu and puffer vest, do you think that's like the unofficial Melbourne uniform? Oh, seriously. I saw a funny post the other day, someone saying, am I the only person in Melbourne that doesn't have a Kathmandu jacket? I'm like, well, if you're asking the question, that probably is true. <laughs> I reckon I, I know I've got one and my wife always says that's like the school uniform for Melbourne, which I, I totally agree. They're so versatile. They're amazing. Yeah, look, well, you know, it's the same, same. You kind of nod when you're in the supermarket. Kathmandu man, <laughs> Kathmandu woman. <laughs> I like what you're rolling. You look sharp. You look warm and they're comfortable. Now, we need to give a shout out to our mutual friend, Jonathan Creek. Now, I floated an idea to him. I said, I need a new sort of guest. I want someone, a bit of energy, a bit of fun <laughs> that'll really spruce things up. So, Natalie, that is you. Do you want to paint the picture of a little bit of your background for listeners out there that haven't come across your work? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Creaky. Um, a beautiful, beautiful friend that we have mutually. Um, so, so my background, I, I've been working in the clinical psychotherapy space for the last 12 years. Uh, I really work with people in relation to relationships, communication. Communication with self is one of the biggest things. Like, you know, most people will externalise relationships um, consciously and unconsciously, but it's like, hold on, pull the truck back a bit. We've got to kind of look at the relationship with ourselves first before we can have a relationship with anybody else. Um, that's healthy functioning. So I've been doing that. Um, I've spoken around the world. I've spoken uh, in, in Vegas and in Toronto and the US. And really, it's just about empowering and teaching people uh, how their minds work and why they do what they do, which I love. I, I love waking absolutely. people up. Yeah, yeah. So really sort of making them realize all these different things that they're sort of locked away. Um, so is that probably the, the most, I was not going to get to the end, but is that sort of the most rewarding thing about the work you do is just seeing that like light bulb or aha moment that people have now and like, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, for me, I, it just breaks my heart when I think people are working around the earth, just thinking that there's something wrong with them and they don't have anything to offer, let alone, you know, the amazing gifts and skills that they've been born with. But unfortunately, due to our programming, and, you know, this goes back to our precognitive commitment when we're zero to seven, we learn everything uh, you know, from our parents, our um, you know, TV, radio, everything we absorb, you know, as a child. And it doesn't matter whether or not it's real or not, it just is what it is. And our minds unconsciously program that. Um, and it, it literally, people just kind of hide themselves away. Uh, they are concerned about what other people think. So for me, it's kind of like laying down the blueprint again for people to architect their life and really what they want. Um, and Everyone has the answers. I'm just the catalyst that I support them and I'm the mirror for them to actually, for them to wake themselves up. Um, and that's what I love. I just love the light bulbs going off going, oh, my gosh, now I know why I do that. And now I know why I keep attracting the same type of partners, even though they look all different, but they're yeah. all the same underneath. <laughs> Deep down, they've got the same layers. When you peel that onion back, it still makes them cry. Um, so now, Absolutely. <laughs> that's probably not a very nice thing to say, but... Uh, 
Now, intimacy, love, relationships, that makes yeah. me a little bit nervous. So, Nelly, like, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, <laughs> oh, do you get that a little bit? Like, because I was thinking, oh, I'm, I don't know where this will go and this might, it's putting me out there, even interviewing you, and I don't even know you. Do you get that a bit? <laughs> I do actually, whenever I'm, I'm a very open person, especially when it comes to talking about sex and intimacy. And, and, you know, a lot of people are programmed not to talk about that because especially with men too in Dale, I'm such an advocate for men being able to speak openly and share their emotions because um, I, I work with so many men that just, you know, push down and push down. It's just a part of our programming. Um, and you can't, you, you, you're going to be a volcano at some point and it really affects your mental health. So I'm such an advocate for men and I love working with men, especially when it comes to intimacy and really um it, it is uncomfortable but also it too, is. <laughs> I, I always i always say to people you know if you're going to work with me you're going to get uncomfortable because uncomfortable is growth and the difference between sex versus intimacy they're two totally different things um you know a lot of people will use sex to become intimate with someone but literally what they're doing they're diluting themselves to do that so it's kind of like they're using it as a game versus hold on why am i literally doing this um yeah so it's sort of like oh my god she's a sex lady stop go away stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all and i and i absolutely love this i love putting myself in an uncomfortable situation because like yeah. as you just said that's the only way you're ever going to learn or grow or develop you don't get that by sitting on the fence picking splinters out of your behind. So no, do you find no. once people take the step with you, Natalie, that it opens up all these different avenues and then life becomes so much more complete? Absolutely. Look, I think it really just allows people to say, you know what, I I want to talk about this, but I've never been given the space to or be comfortable enough to share my thoughts, feelings and reactions to this type of topic. Um, you know, and intimacy is one of the things, especially when I'm working with couples, um, you know, when I'm speaking to people, it's like, well, they'll automatically go to sex. And I'm like, well, actually, no, that that's a part of it. But intimacy is literally like, you know, just holding someone's hand in the kitchen or kissing them on the forehead and just talking to them and not just about how their day is, Dale. Like, seriously, mm. it's like, you know, if you're in a relationship, and like, how was your day? Yep, good, okay. But that comes Boring. down to the quality of our question. But that's the quality of our questions again, really, isn't it? And and this is what I say when I'm dealing with, you know, parents and their kids. Don't just ask how their day was. And that's exactly the same in a relationship, isn't it? Uh, you, you've just hit the nail on the head. Like, literally, um, I've done um, uh, posts just for this week on my social media just about communication in the relationships. It's, it's such – it's an art form. People actually have to learn how to communicate in all areas of their life and especially when it comes to sex with partners who have mismatched sex drives or you know someone wants to kind of try something different and then the other person's like oh my gosh that feels so uncomfortable to me and then that can drive a wedge because you're 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 moving away because you're uncomfortable and you don't really know how to react to it so really what i do is i help people to understand one how to communicate with themselves why they feel the way that they do um and especially with men um you know which is such an interesting topic growing up you know and you're going through that teenage years and you're coming into your hormones and all of that that's a learning process but most of the time that's kind of pushed in the cupboard and just don't talk about it you just go away and do what you need to do and it's kind of hidden so as men grow up and you know we have access to online you know we've got pornography and all of that kind of stuff which is a whole new world which can really conflict with people and it can bring up some really self-doubts about who they are and um, I just don't want people to be in that space. I just want people to share openly. 
Yeah, and, and I suppose if you keep asking the same questions, like you just said, you'll get the same responses. And, you know, that little issue will become a big one because you won't address it and you keep tiptoeing around it and it, it never changes. So how do you get to ask me more meaningful and direct and powerful questions? Well, really, it's just, you know, what I find with most people, like if I say to you, you know, what are your relationship needs? Most people are blank. They have no idea. They just go into a relationship. Now, let's start. You know, it's it's you see someone, you're attracted to someone, you have a great time for six months, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, hold on. What about What's happened here? <laughs> <laughs> or, or you kind of go, shit, hold on, I'm in a relationship. How did I get here after six months? And then a year goes by and you're like, do I actually even really know this person? Because we get blurred, and especially as we get older, we're too scared to actually say, you know what, this is actually what I want. These are my relationship needs. What are your relationship needs? So, and all of those relationship needs come back to our own specific programming because our relationship modeling is based on our parents. So they're the first couple that we see. And that's why I said earlier, like a lot of people are like, you know, I'm a really smart person, but why do I keep creating these scenarios and these type of situations that I know aren't healthy for me, but I just keep finding these people. I'm like, well, you're the, you're the broadcaster, you're the magnet. So whatever's going on unconsciously for you and your relationship patting, patterning and what love is and relationships and your needs are, you just keep repeating the same type of patterns unless you actually go inside to go outside it's never externally <laughs> and and unfortunately that's what a lot of people think if there's a problem it's not them it's somebody else and we play the blame game and it's exactly the same what you're saying there natalie that if something isn't right it's nobody else's fault you can't blame your parents the upbringing or the way no. the messages they brought you you've got to look inside Correct. And and I find, you know, really showing people how their minds work. It's like, you know, it's doing it for a reason. It's it's not doing it to harm you. It's actually, it, it's unconsciously trying to protect you. That, that's what our minds are designed to do. But unfortunately, whatever patterns we have from our parents, we mirror that externally. Now, I'm not saying that some amazing belief systems and structures and values that we've got from our parents are great and we keep them. But majority of the time, they're not ours. So we've got to kind of go, well, if I keep repeating the same type of patterns with a partner, why and who does it remind me of? So if that reminds me of like, you know, it's funny, you've probably had mates or, or people in your own life day where it's like, oh, yeah, I married my mum or I married my dad. <laughs> like, that's not by accident. <laughs> That's that is so true. That's so true. And, yeah. and you think with that, think with that as well. Like I just think about when my parents were growing up, how much the world has changed. The world we live oh. in is it's unrecognizable. So of course it's going to be it's, different. It's madness. Like I've got a fourteen year old son, you know. So so when I kind of grew up, we didn't have, you know, I, I'm nearly like forty eight. So I'm I'm less like I had none of this internet stuff. I didn't have a phone. You know, if I looked at my mum left, I'd get a smack up the back of the head. You know, like. <laughs> You know, so it, it's such a, a quick, gratifying world nowadays, especially when it comes to what's accessible on the internet, especially for kids. And, and you know, I've ever worked with a lot of people that have got addicted to certain aspects of the internet and that's really affected their relationships, but it's got to do with their own self-image. So it's, it's, it's a whole myriad of things, but honestly, got to go inside to create something amazing outside. Mm. I, I think if anyone is going to take something away from this chat, that if there's something wrong in your life, it's nobody else's fault. And and this doesn't just come back to relationships, doesn't it? Like, no, if no. there's some, if you don't like your job, if you don't like your friendships, if you don't like any aspect, you've got to do something about it. One hundred percent. And that literally is like you know, if you're waking up every day, and I always say to people, if you had thirty days left to live, 
would you be doing anything different for the next 30 days? I bet they say yes. Correct. And it's like, well, okay, let's just say that you have a decision right now because we only ever have now, but a lot of people um, are in the fear of unknown um, and they just really don't want to put themselves out there. Once again, it does come back to what happens if someone says something? It's just like, well, do you want to be on your deathbed at 70 and worry about what someone said? Like live your life, go and do what you need to do because you're here to do greatness. And that's the other thing. A lot of people feel like they've got nothing to offer and I'm like, mm. uh-uh. You're, do you know how many trillions of billions of things it got to get you here? Like, yeah, well, how, you know, how lucky that, accident. Yeah, but how lucky that you even got were able to come into the world. Like a trillion and one or something. It's ridiculous. It's like one to seven billion or something. Yeah, or trillion, some, like ridiculous. Something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, it, it literally comes back to our programming and really stepping into ourself and going, you know what? And, and you'll probably find it too, maybe in your own life where, or even people that you're around, you know, like if you're doing something great in the world and 90 people said, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Have one person that says, oh, that's a bit shit. That's not going to work. Which one do you focus on? Focus 100%. On the one. Yeah. And, and that's the one, unfortunately, that's how we are as human beings, you know, that that one will eat us up. And I'm sure you're the same that you'll do an amazing yeah. work with clients. You get these lovely emails, but then you get this one, this lemon sucker that just destroys you. And that's all you can think about. Wrecks your weekend. Yeah, it is. But you know what? It literally comes back to going, what's my bigger picture? Uh, okay. But that person possibly may not be in a great space themselves. So you kind of got to go, okay, well, they're either going on got stuff going on in their life. That's okay. I'm going to leave them there and I'm going to go over here and focus on what I need to focus on. But that's easier. That's easier said than done, isn't it? Because people's self-worth, yeah, self-worth and self-confidence is nowhere near where it needs to be. And something like that will just destroy them. And particularly, you know, social media and putting yourself out there now, vulnerability, people get judged and they're scared of it. Absolutely. And then people will retreat straight away and it just takes one, one, one knock. And, and they're gone. Um, but you know what? I think it's just really about understanding if you've got a really high value on what you're here to do and what you want to do, it is practice, daily practice to keep in that mechanism going, you know what? People are going to say stuff. It is it is what it is. It, that's mm. the world. But it's 100% your ownership of how you drive that ship. If you stop yeah. the ship, it's your responsibility. Mm. And it's so true. It's like if you want to lose weight or you want to learn a new language. Yeah. It's not, it's not just willy-nilly. You don't just pick it up once a month and go, konnichiwa, I'm going no. to learn Japanese. <laughs> Do you know what? It's, it's the same thing with determination. Oh, sorry, no, motivation. motivation. Motivation is rubbish. It's absolute rubbish because you have to have a high value on something for your body and your mind to keep going. Motivation is very short-lived. So it's like, you know, when you get motivated by someone, and you go to an event and you're really motivated and you're maybe w- w- walking on coals or coals. whatever. <laughs> and, then, and then literally about 14 days later, you're back into the same routine as what you were before because nothing has actually changed internally in relation to the way your unconscious mind and, pro- and conscious mind works. That's mm, the power. It is, it is. And there's a quote by Zig Ziglar. It's my favourite. Motivation doesn't oh, last. I love neither Zig does bathing. <laughs> neither does bathing. That's why I recommend it daily. And it's exactly the same. You've got to do everything daily. Consistently, and that's the same thing with uh, what we said before. Like you know, in relationships, it's communication. It's daily practice to communicate. And I always say to people, when you're in a relationship, are you talking to each other or are you talking at each other? 
that's a bit of an ownership there. Yeah, <laughs> it course, definitely right? is. Yeah, but it's, I think, and that's the hard thing. People think they're talking to each other. They're thinking they have a conversation, but it's literally just bouncing each other. Like it's playing tennis because nothing's soaking in and it's going nowhere. No, and you've probably brought up the same thing that you've been talking about from a week ago and that's not been dealt with. And then you end up going, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to you for a week. And then you use silent treatment and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> and literally I'm just like, come on, people, you're not 12. Come on, let's just get together and, you know, have, have a look at what's going on internally that makes you feel like that. Mm, it, it's so true. Yeah. Now, one of the things at the moment is obviously we're in a pandemic and loneliness is at an all time high. What effects is this having on, you know, obviously people people's own relationship with themselves, their self-worth and self-love, but then also, you know, their partner. Like, how is that affecting people at the moment? Well, it's actually quite funny. Um, I saw the statistics of relationships of Australia's calls have gone up over 300% in relation to people living together, you know, in ISO for so long because literally you've got to, you've got to communicate. Sort stuff out. Yeah. You've got to sort stuff out, you know, and, and we're literally not designed either to be... 24 7 in someone's pocket like and and with all the external stuff that's going on um but my biggest concern and i've i spoke about this week this week is you know past uh, sorry post pandemic and where we start to level out my concern is more about people's mental health and um you know how they feel about themselves going back to work their own self-worth are they concerned if they've got anxiety and you know for me especially when it comes to men um because we don't you know, the, the philosophy of men speaking up is very difficult, um, you know, and, and also to suicide rate, you know, I believe, and also to the lifeline statistics this week, there's 90,000 calls a month already to Lifeline um, yeah. and it is actually due to financial stress. So I really want to stress to people if they are feeling down and they really feel lost, um, it's just space and time that we're at. Everything changes and everything's fluid, but just don't take that on as a self-destructive, like there's something wrong with you because there isn't, but reach out, call someone, speak to someone. And I would possibly always recommend speak to a professional, ring someone. It's great to speak with friends, but they're just not generally coped or skilled enough to kind of dig a bit deeper to see what's going on for you. Yeah. And, and it is understandable. Like I know myself with uh, all my, my essentially my whole year, I've been made redundant because my speaking yeah. gigs around the world are done. And, and I think what it is, and I'll be extremely honest here that I've been, I've never felt down, but I have, I still have good days. I'm not, not in any bad way, Natalie, but yeah. It's hard as as a male, I feel, that we feel like we need to always be providing or we, we need mm. to be the one on top of things. And at the moment, I can guarantee people listening, they feel exactly the same way. And that is okay, isn't it? It's 100% okay, you know, and I think this is a the thing. There's always this, this – be really careful about the language because you, your mind is listening all the time, what you're saying to yourself and how you're speaking to yourself because I always say to people – would you speak to your friends like that, the way that you speak to yourself? No, you wouldn't. But unfortunately, we just have this less value that's like, oh, it's okay, I can talk to myself really badly, but it does affect you. Um, but also, too, it, it literally is about be careful of the energy that you're creating. So if you have the verbiage of I've got to fight, I've got to keep on top, it's a very uh, flight or flight response in your body it's just it, it's a heightened level of energy and you're running like it, it's kind of like i'm seeing like you know like a little dog like paddling head above the water <laughs> going nowhere and, and, you know the feet the feet underneath going nowhere and honestly 
that's how a lot of people feel right now, even pre this pandemic, like that's how most people feel with the pressure and the stress. And financial stress is one of the biggest, um, you know, uh, subjects right now for people. Um, but that will pass, but just got to put things in place. Uh, but speak out, call someone, you know, um, especially with men, it, it, it yeah. is... It, it is a difficult thing for them to do, but it's a great thing to do. Mm. And and um, you'll know that if people are listening, you'll know the people that you can talk to that about and the other ones are like, oh, you'll be right, you'll be right. And they don't want to bar of it because it's probably an issue they have as well, Natalie. And so don't Correct. talk to those people about that. No, you know, like if you've got a friend that you know that says, oh, you know, pull your pants up, yeah, pull, you'll be right. pull your pants up, whatever, you're right, <laughs> toughen up. Yeah. That, that's that, that's not helpful at all because obviously too, you know, they've they've kind of and what happens is, is if someone kind of stretches themselves to ask someone for help or hey look you know I'm feeling like this and they're kind of shut down they'll they won't do it again they won't mm. they'll, they'll just close off. Um, whereas girls or women tend to, they'll have like four or five different people that they'll go to. Uh, whereas with men, I always say, look, go to a professional ring someone, uh, you know, book in with a counsellor, don't feel like you've failed. Uh, and that's all. The, that's one of the things I hear, Dale. A lot of men think that, you know, I feel like a failure if I reach out and talk to someone. It's like, no. Yeah. It, it, don't don't, don't take the burden. Don't no, take the burden on your own. Yeah, and it is so true. And I, I talk about, you know, I went through a really rough patch of my life and I, I saw a psychologist for three months straight and yeah. it was the best thing I've ever done. And do you know what? It made me be a, I'm a, I'm a totally different person now. And so I want to say amazing. that as a man, go and, go and speak to somebody because if you just keep doing the same thing, you're not going to get any results. And that's probably exactly what you're saying, Natalie. Yeah, it is. And I think you know, majority of the time when I'm talking to people around, especially with men, I'm just like, you know, you have these certain things that you feel, but why do you feel them? Let's kind of go a bit deeper and understand why it's happening. There's no point just going, well, this feels this way, but there's a deeper element to why. There's always a why. Always, but, yep. So what we do, we go back a little bit and then we always go forward, you know. So I'm a big believer in, you know, we don't need to find and talk about the 20 dom dominoes in your life. We need to find the first one get to the first domino and knock the rest over. And then it just opens up the catalyst for someone to go, oh, hold on, I understand myself a lot more. Because also too, what, what the issue is, is the way that we're programmed as children, most of us are walking around in autopilot mode. So we're actually walking around in a, in a waking state of hypnosis. So we're actually hypnotizing ourselves pretty much with the same routines day in, day out. So you need a bit of a disruption to understand, well, hold on, I'm not getting anywhere. Why am I not getting anywhere? And why do I keep doing the same things over and over that aren't good for me? Mm. And so with so that, do you, do you feel with that is that a lot of, you might, you get a lot of couples that come to you, but it's actually not the couple's issue. It may be, it's, it's one of them that has got an issue that won't deal with themselves and then blame the relationship. What will happen is a lot of people will call me for marriage counselling mm. and I'm like, okay, so let's just have a chat about the marriage. But you know where the marriage comes from? It comes from two individual people. You've got to actually look at two individual people's, both self-image, different programmings, the way they operate, the way they talk, then you look at the marriage. You don't go marriage first, then externally. You've got to go each individual person, what's going on for you, what's going on for you, now what's happening. So that's that's one thing that always is like you may solve a few issues, but long-term, if you've not dealt with your own self-image and what's going on, 
you got to have it'll the same just go back. Yeah, and it'll just it keep will. going around, won't it? And you, it's sort of probably just like applying a band aid. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm not about band aid methods at all. I'm just like, you know what? Let's dig deep. Let's not just put it over and. In saying that, though, like I always say to people, look, if you're willing to be uncomfortable, let's rip the bandaid off right now, but then we just don't need to keep putting it on. Mm. But give people the tools not to rely on someone. So this is what I always say. I don't want anyone ever to rely on me to be able for them to come to me constantly for the rest of their lives. What I need to do is say, you know what, I'm going to empower you to actually understand that you do already have the answers and give you the tools that you can use every single day of your life. Obviously, I'm always here. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, but the, the whole reliance of I don't want to keep talking about the same things over and over and over. So it's kind of like I've had people in therapy probably for maybe sometimes five years, ten years, Dale, talking about wow. the same things over and over and over. Don't they get and sick of that? Sorry, sorry, no, I'm sure you're amazing. But don't don't they is it is that hard for you too? You're like, here we go again. It's the same issue. You're not owning up to it. Like Oh well I, I so when people come to me, I'm just like I you know, if you've been in therapy for ten, you know, fifteen years, that's not their fault. That's the modality of where they've been about, you know, mm. talking about a particular problem from a conscious point. Um, you can talk about the one thing for ten years. But unless you actually understand unconsciously where the programming is coming from and how that's affecting your self-image, you can knock that out pretty quickly, like three or four visits, and you're like, oh, my gosh, now I know what that is. I don't need to go there again. So for me, I'm just like, you know, I have a 90-day commitment with people when I work with people, but that's it. And then, you know, um, I work with a couple 90 days, saw them again 12 months later, and I haven't seen them since because they're like, I know who I am self-image each woman you know the, the husband and the wife and then literally their marriage was literally nearly kaput um but they had to come together to understand what they were doing and then they're totally off doing their own thing now it's like great it's amazing <laughs> I, I love that so and i think it's the one thing that would work really well is because you've given them a time frame 90 days right this is what yeah. we've got this is what we're working we're done after this Whereas if, you, if it's an open-ended book, like you're like, oh, we've got time, we can just take our time on this sort of situation. Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, I think a lot of the modalities, so obviously I'm a psychotherapist, so I like to get into the unconscious programming and not just always talk about the conscious um, cognitive stuff. And it's great to be cognitive and consciously aware of what's going on in your life, but unconsciously, 90% of what we do is run by our unconscious. is conscious. So if you're talking about the same things day in, day out for the next five years, unconsciously your mind's just going, okay, well, I have this particular program here that I'm running from that runs your beliefs and your values. If you don't look at that and change that, you're going to compete and repeat the same patterns. And, and and again, that's the same with insanity, isn't it? You keep doing the same thing over and over and respecting yeah. something different and it just doesn't happen. So let's change it a little bit in Ali. People at the moment, yeah. how can we bring some fun to our relationship? What are a couple of different things that, you know, if people are listening this week, they could, I'm all about giving them something to action, you know, so give them a, yeah. a mission or a challenge. What are a couple of things they could try this week to bring some more fun and, and spice up their relationship? Well, you know what? It's really funny you say that. Literally, that's a question I ask everyone that, that I work with. It's like, you know, okay. what, do, what do you what do you do to have fun in your relationship, especially once the kids come along? And I'm always like, uh-uh, kids come second to the relationship. You must put your spouse first before the children. 
Because what happens is in the dynamics of the way we're programmed and the way that family and society is programmed, the kids come along, the marriage gets put on the on the side step for a while, you know, and then mum and goes and sleeps in one bedroom and the dad's in the other bedroom and then six months and a year go by and you're like, oh, hello, ship's in the night, whatever. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, exactly. And people change, Dale. That's the thing too. Every single person in your life, especially your partner, would change depending on where they are in their life and their own growth. So when I say to someone, you know, what have you done in the past to have fun? They've gone, well, before kids we went out for dinner or we went out dancing or whatever. Okay, we've got kids now, we can't do that. Okay, so what brings joy to each other? Asking questions. And literally, if you actually don't know what brings joy to your partner, you've got to dig deeper. It's actually quite an astounding thing. Like when people go, oh, um, I don't know, what do you like? Because you've totally disconnected. So I say to people, especially with this incident, go for a walk together, hold hands, talk about something, not the children. The children are not there. <laughs> Stop. Allocate at least 10 minutes just to each other. And with the ISO thing right now, do it either outside, go outside, grab a coffee, make each other a tea or whatever, and literally just sit and laugh and have fun or just put some music on and dance. Mm. Like I have clients that I'm like, put some tunes on, get in the lounge room, have fun, be yep. kids. Life's too serious. Stop. Have fun. <laughs> mm, I, I love that. And, um, I recently did a TED talk and I talk about this. Said oh. you watch you watch kids you watch kids play. They are running around laughing, having fun. The older we get, we get serious and we go, I don't oh. have time to play. Why is that? Why do we put that you know that label that life's serious? Why? Because we're concerned if we kind of step outside the box. So it's like yeah, I don't want to look different. I don't want to mm. do anything different Judgment. because in case I'm judged. Mm. Um, and it's like you know what? That's what I said earlier. Like what? Do you want to be on your deathbed at 75 saying I could have, would have, should have? No, don't. Do it now. And <clears throat> excuse me, but you know we do. We get too serious. And even fun is something for people that's hard to do. And when you get there, you're like, hold on, you know, 90 year olds are having way more fun than you, and you're only 30. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah, I, I think that's really important that uh, if, if your life at the moment has become too serious, think back to what you're doing as a kid and, and do that. Go and play a game, buy a board game, do something. Um, I love that. And yeah. I think walking, you just mentioned before, Natalie, walking, yeah. going for a walk together. I think people undervalue how powerful walking is. Absolutely. I'm such an advocate for exercise, like, you know, especially just cognitively and for our bodies, but also what it does, it keeps you present. Like a lot, I find a lot of people in relationships today are not present with each other. They are present with everything externally, but not with themselves. So that's when I say, if you can go for a walk, go along the beach, hold hands and just connect. Even if you're not speaking, but you're holding mm. hands and you're just hearing your partner breathe. Like it's so special and it's just connecting really at a, at a deeper level more than just the superficial stuff that we get in, you know, we get lost in. And I always say to people, have fun cleaning the house. Do you know how many people I have that have arguments about chores? <laughs> give it's just I like there's an argument about the bloody dishwasher. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you arguing a week later about the dishwasher? <laughs> You need, you need to move on. on from that. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I love You've that. Got not, not a lot in your life if you're arguing about the dishwasher. <laughs> There's a lot more going on outside besides the dishwasher. Well, just, it's, do you know what I always say to people? Look at your hand. You've got five fingers. On a scale of one to five, how important is it right now 
that you are holding on to something about a chore and there's a lot of arguments around housework and stuff. And I always say to people, why are you taking it so serious? Just get together, have fun, commit to 45 minutes of everyone, you know, you upstairs, you downstairs, let's just get it done. Yep. And then you're done. Yep. And, if, and, and how I look at it, if this was work and you had to do that, you would do it. You wouldn't just procrastinate all weekend and have an argument about it because that's your job. Why do the same at home? You know what? It's so funny you say that. I literally last week was speaking to someone in exactly the same situation about this. It's just like most people in the world that go to work know their clients more than they do their partner. Why? Mm. Because they ask questions. They actually yeah. communicate. They ask the right things. Mm. And if we looked at our relationships like we do with success, climbing the ladder, failure, how much effort do we put in, we actually look and we go, hold on, I'm actually putting more effort into my job than I am my relationship. Yeah, and and what's more important, you know what, having a title or being happy because we spend more time, and particularly at the moment, we're at home all the time, and if you're still focusing too solely on your career, then oh, you're probably not in a very good place. Well, you know what? There's actually a woman. Um, she was an Australian woman. She actually did a survey on, on on older men and women that were literally, you know, in a hospice about to leave the world, and they all literally said those kind of deathbed regrets. And like one of them was like, "I just wish I didn't work so hard and I actually focused on my partner and my family more and had more fun." <laughs> mm. Well, and that's. I think that's the key. The fun is like. You should have fun at work, at home, in your relationship. It doesn't yeah. matter where it is. Why do you make life so serious? Do not. Because when, you, when no. you're when you serious, you're not in the moment. You're not present. You're just grinding through. Have fun. Yeah, and, and the other thing too is there's a lot of people actually come up in environments where they, there's no fun. So mm. they're actually programmed to not have fun. So to actually step into having fun is very uncomfortable for people. So our minds are already programmed with familiarity. And I always say you're programmed and hardwired to be familiar. So it's like that comfort zone that we get in, yeah? And every mm. single time we go to step outside the comfort zone, we're like, oh, shit, am I going to die right now if I go and do something that's uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, you know the feeling. It's like if you've got to do something new or fun when you've not been programmed with any kind of element of that energy, you just you step back straight away. You're like, oh, no, that's too weird. That's too weird. I'm not going to do yeah. that. It's so true. And um, so a lot of the stuff I do is around, you know, breaking down barriers through games and social connection. And yes. a lot of people can't do it, Natalie, because no. they have forgotten how to play and they, they don't want to put themselves out there, like we just said. And it's probably very similar to you when you get couples in, they don't want to talk about different things. It is crucial, though, that you do that together. Yeah, and I was like, when, when was the last time you laughed? Like, when was the last time you had a really good laugh with each other? Um, but, you know, also, too, picking up on that, you know, my background as a child, like, I was in a, an environment where laughter was not non existent. Like, it was very, very heavy energy. My mum had suffered from mental illness and, you know, domestic violence and stuff like that. So, as a child, you know, that was kind of my exposure. And then as I grew up, Seeing people laugh and then me trying to find my laughter within myself is very uncomfortable, very mm. uncomfortable. So I also have experienced particular things that I also work through with people because I know it, I've felt it and I understand it. But I've gone so far around reprogramming that part of me that a non-negotiable for me now in a relationship is laughter. Like I am, I laugh all the time. Um, you know, my friends tell me I'm the funniest person that they know. That I, don't know that. I, don't, I don't know whether or not they're, they're just, good friends. They're good yeah, friends. Yeah, that's now. right. 
Like I'll buy you a coffee when we can actually go out and, and, and look at each other properly. Um, but, you know, and, and you are right. Like it, it literally is if you're doing games and getting people out of their comfort zone internally, it, it is sometimes a struggle for people. And what they will do is automatically say, I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. Why do I feel like this? But then it's kind of like, well, you feel like this because this is how you were actually programmed. This is something that you can actually change. And that's what I love with the work that I do. A lot of people think, I'm just, this is who I am and I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. I'm like, actually, no, you don't have to be. You can choose to be. But how about we actually give you the power to actually change that? Oh, that is, I, I love that. The power to change and you can if you want. So Natalie, where's the best place to find you? Your website, socials? Because I'm sure people are listening going, I want to change. I want to work with Natalie. How can we do that? Yeah, you can pop on. So my uh, Instagram is natalie.e.west uh, and also to on Facebook. So just friend me and follow me, but also to my, um, my uh, what's it called? My website had a bit of a brain brain space there <laughs> brain um, yeah, yeah exactly um so it's www.natalieewest.com um so what i do do on there dale is i actually offer free uh, 30 minute clarity calls because i really want people to kind of hear me you know feel how i work i really want to connect with someone and say look this is what i feel this is what's going on then we kind of work through and just see if it's a match or not. Um, and then we go from there. But, yeah, but you know, I, I do talk about subjects that will make people uncomfortable, but there is power in that growth. And people then once they're on the other side of it, they're like, wow, why did I wait so long? <laughs> exactly right. So, guys, if you are listening, go on there. I will have links in the show notes. This is episode 196. And go on there. Take advantage of that. That's a very generous offer because, Natalie, you've got a very, very big following, very big credibility, and you do great work. So definitely check that out. Now, I've got one question before we go. Yes. What is what is one thing you've learned about yourself from this pandemic? Or what what's one thing you've learned that's been a positive from coronavirus, if it if there is such a thing? Well, I've, I've never really followed the media or anything like that. I, I'm pretty much where the energy is flowing, I will go and I'll follow. Uh, but for me, it really has in, enabled me to trust myself and my vision and just not get involved. I know what's going on in the world and I'm aware of it, but I don't get involved and I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to fear at all. Um, so for me, it's just about going, you know what? There's a lot of noise going on out there right now. I'm still going to focus on what I'm bringing to people in the world, and that's really my mission. Like I don't, I'm so driven to be able to wake and help people wake themselves up to live the life that they were here to live. I don't want people to get 10 years, 20 years down the track and go, oh, my God, where's my life gone? Mm, regret. It's a horrible thing, isn't it? You don't want it. You don't want it. But you can start right now. You can change it I, immediately. I love that. I love that. Well, Natalie, I started feeling quite nervous. I tell you what, I feel liberated <laughs> now. You weren't scary at all. So, guys, reach no. out to it. <laughs> so warm, so welcoming. And go and check out the link. Thank you so much for that. And if Creaky is listening, thank you for the connection because I think you've ticked all the boxes that I wanted and more, Natalie. It's been an thank absolute you. blast. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's been such an honour.